Hi, and welcome to the Two Idiots Talk About podcast. And today with me, I have my co-host Trent. Tennessee can suck on our fish. Mississippi is jealous of our thick woods, and we have so many crawfish. Louisiana calls us crawl daddy. We're talking about Alabama's biodiversity. Is that thick with two C's or a CK? It's two C's. It's definitely it's it's extra thick. We have we have very rotund trees. Mm. Sumptuous even. I mean no actually we have a lot of medium sized trees, but I mean I don't judge. We have a lot of different trees. It's 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 a lot of different types of wood if you like your variety and that sort of thing. So if you somehow are watching this and haven't watched episode one or listened to episode one, whatever you're doing, um yesterday yesterday <laughs> Last time we talked about skinwalkers, and we spun the wheel of what the heck we're going to do next, and we landed on Alabama's ecological diversity. If you can't tell, Trent put that one on the wheel. Um, I know nothing about this subject, so... And I very much stated that I only like fish and trees, so this is right up my wheelhouse. Why just fish and trees? I don't know. They're very two interesting topics. I, I like plants. I like fish. I'm not a real big fan of like mammals. I think like rodents and stuff are really boring. I, I'm, I think I'm fascinated in Alabama's raccoon population. Nah, that isn't where our biodiversity is. If you want biodiversity, you need to be out in the streams, wading through the waters, looking at all the fishes and the uh, the uh, amphibians and the invertebrates. What's your favorite fish, Trent? My favorite fish? Yeah. Oh, that's easy. That's the black uh, the black darter. Atheostoma diria. Look, you can't tell me what it is and not tell me why it's your favorite. Can it shoot lasers out of its eyes or something? Nah, it's just a cool darter. It's just, it's it's very, ba- if either that or the green side darter. The green side darter is a pretty cool fish. It's kind of translucent a little bit. And it's also got like green stripes on it. Uh, I enjoy it. I like darters. Darters are a pretty cool fish. And if anyone don't know know what it is, darters are sort of benthic fish that uh, kind of look like they crawl on the seabed. They live in a lot of vegetation. Real cool fish. So I guess my first question is, what makes Alabama so diverse as opposed to so many of the other states? Like the ones mm-hmm. you mentioned, like Tennessee. Why is it more diverse than Tennessee? Well, Tennessee kind of so Tennessee. I have issues with Tennessee. Uh, okay, Tennessee, you do live there. Yeah, yeah, and you live in a fake state, a fake state. Uh, Tennessee's fake. It piggybacks off the biodiversity of Alabama. They should feel ashamed. I was uh, really scared that you were going to say that Tennessee was a liberal myth. No, they're not a myth. They are liars. They are liars. <laughs> You're calling. So, are you calling? The whole state of Tennessee, an entity is itself a liar? Yes, they lie about their biodiversity. They piggyback on Alabama's success. I mean, so as a prior Alabama native, and like I, I and as someone who doesn't know a lot about natural biodiversity, I mean, I can admit that Alabama is probably one of the prettier states I've ever been to. Uh, this has nothing to do with prettiness. This has nothing to do with prettiness. This has strictly to do with what we have and what different type of biological species in Tennessee. Here, I'm going to explain my problem with Tennessee. So Tennessee is on the threshold of the Alabama watershed 
where so Alabama is split into two major watershed. You got the Mobile River Basin, beautiful, considered the Alabama's Amazon. If you want to know more about it, we'll probably talk about it later. But you can also go to critterfacts.com, look up my name, uh, read my article. <laughs> yes, that is a an absolute just plug of my own work. Go read it; it's fantastic. Uh, I've heard that the guy's really sexy. The guy who wrote the article, you should hit him up. That was. This is already so sad. <laughs> uh, anyway, Tennessee shares the Tennessee uh, shares the watershed with the North Alabama, which is usually the Tennessee River Basin. But the majority of the biodiversity is in Alabama, and the uh, and the fish populations in the streams barely get into Tennessee. But because a few of these rare fish are found only in a few creeks on the border, Tennessee claims them as their species. When we have more of them. And that ups y'all's biodiversity numbers in the terms of fish, and that irritates me. So I guess, so we're at least slightly educational in a way, and we're not just, this is just a hate rant towards Tennessee and the border. You started this conversation. I mean, you're right. Um, (laughs) I guess you're right. Um, What exactly is a, like when you say watershed and basin, like what are you meaning by that? So, So your question is sort of, what is a watershed? Yeah. I mean, it depends on your definition, but uh, if you're looking at uh, the the basic definition, it's pretty much the drainage of where they drain to the nearest massive water source. So the Millbill River Basin uh, flows into the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, the Tennessee River uh, drainage, uh, I believe, flows into the Mississippi River, also sort of into the Gulf, but it, it dumps into a certain way. So it's pretty much all the river systems in an area that goes to, that dumps into the sea at a a, a common point. So like, whenever I was, what little research I was able to do, that, like what I've seen that kind of, one, it appears that Alabama is just at like a really good point on like, what's a good way to put this? Like the way it's set up, it's kind of has its own dividing lines of like we have like a, we have a coast, we have um, uh, like wetlands, we have uh, we, we we're just we have a lot of different types of areas. Um, yeah, and, and in order to kind of understand that, you have to go back to the literal formation of Alabama. Uh, Alabama's ge- geology is what has gave way to a lot of these unique ecosystems. So. I'm sure most people that listen to this are familiar with the Black Belt in Alabama. It's a place where uh, plantations were placed because they were fertile soil and people would grow cotton there uh, with horrible practices. But the reason that area is so fertile is because it used to be a coast. That In the Cretaceous period, that was a coastal plain. And as that water receded... The minerals that were left over from the oceanic debris made very fertile soil, and also grasslands formed there. And as grasslands started to die back, the dead vegetation fur, uh, further uh, provided nutrients to that soil, allowing this area to be completely fertile. But if you think about that, what this allowed Alabama to be is essentially remnants of a massive coastal plain but also have these rich forest areas, limestone crops, outcrops, and the and this allowed different soils to occur. 
And with the different soils allow different vegetation, and vegetation then leads to different animal species evolving different uh, mechanisms and thus increasing speciation practices. So another thing that I'm like, so if you've ever been to Alabama, you know that. I don't recommend it. I'm, I'm joking. Alabama. I love Alabama. It's actually. A, it's a, I, again, like I said, it's, it's a very beautiful state. Like it's, just don't, it, you know, wear a cross around your neck. That's probably your best bet. <laughs> so it's the same rules as like vampires. Yeah. You know, or in like just unholy things. Just wear a cross around your neck and you should be fine. It'll ward off all the bad things. I mean, you know. Um, so, like, I mean, if you've ever been to Alabama, you have probably seen kudzu. Um, I know I have. Um, kudzu. First of all, we are talking about Alabama's native biodiversity. I am not letting this podcast get off track like the last one because of you. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of my job, isn't it? <laughs> Got to throw a couple curveballs every now and again. No. This is native Alabama species and alabama has more native species than it is the fourth richest biodiverse state in the entire country and the only reason we're not number one is because absurdly large states like new mexico and california and texas so would you say we're the most diverse compared to size yes uh, I would actually state that uh, the only yeah the only reason those other states have us beat is because they have so much more land mass they're able to hold more species. But per, per like if you did a biological survey of a, just like a hundred square feet, I think you would find more species in Alabama than you would anywhere else. Hmm. So you you say diversity and like. What would you say, hmm, what's a good question? You know way too much about this subject. Not really, I'm really dumb. <laughs> so you, you, like you, like, I mean, you would, you, I mean, you're kind of, I mean, you're almost, an, I mean, you're kind of self-showing yourself, so you're almost an expert on this. Um, uh, no, 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 don't lie to these people. Don't, don't up my credentials. We, they are smart people. They can see through that ruse. I like fish and trees. I mean, I, th- I think our little, our little stick figure like uh, profile image kind of sells that to them. I, d- I don't think they're going to believe a thing we say. That's fair. I mean, I could tell them that the great Alabama swamp alligator is like one of the most deadliest animals in the world. And they, I don't know. They're not going to believe me. Well, here's a little fun fact for y'all. Alligators were introduced to Alabama to control the muskrat populations. That's not true. How? It, how? Someone looked at an alligator. Like, yeah, I need someone else. Yeah, yes. Alaba- alligators were brought into Alabama's waterways and ponds to get rid of muskrats, which do a lot of damage. And originally, uh, they were only supposed to be bringing in female alligators so that they could not reproduce but could uh, feed on the muskrat populations. Well, apparently, people were not checking the genitalia of alligators thoroughly enough. I was really hoping this was going to be a Jurassic Park scenario where life found a way. You know. No, no, it's just people did not do the proper physical exam on alligators. So when did this happen? Like, I, I, I feel like alligators are just like I think of Alabama. I think of, like in like our swamplands and stuff like that. I think of like alligators and crocodiles. 
We don't have crocodiles. See, we don't have crocodiles in North America. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what? What? I guess since like this is kind of a very broad topic. I mean, we. we I guess we just kind of start by narrowing it down. Um. Well, I mean, you can uh, you can automatically state right here that you know Alabama has nearly five thousand documented species, making us the fourth biologically most diverse state in the nation. Almost, we're almost number three. We're coming close to number three, and I believe that as Alab- as more scientists get their foot on the ground and are starting to document more species in Alabama, we will become number three. So I guess this is kind of a big thing because almost every single species I've listed, like the of the two that I've listed, like were non-native. What are I guess I guess this is an interesting question for a lot of people. What are like some other interesting species that are non-native to Alabama? Non-native? Yeah. And okay. privet. I don't really like privet. Privet's a horrible plant. What is privet? Oh, it's a bushy-like thing that's very opportunistic. It just completely take over uh, Alabama's woodlands. Uh, completely devastates them too, because it's so it it blocks out any growth. So a lot of our native trees take time to establish themselves, and since privet grows so fast, it blocks them from getting any light, and it just suffocates uh, our forests. And that's a lot of the reason, like when people they chop down trees they never get back to what their biodiversity was because these opportunistic invasives take over before the natives can come back. I mean, I think that's... But... I think that's an interesting topic to talk about in general, about, like, I mean, like... The way we handle things like the collection of lumber and stuff like that and, like, how that affects... I guess guess specifically for someone, like, where we have, like, a lot of invasive species... Because I, I, I feel like Alabama just is rife with them. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I mean it, it is, but uh, talking about the invasive species, I do not think is productive to overall Alabama's overall diversity, because Alabama has the most endemic species in the entire United States, meaning that there are species in this state that are only found here. Nowhere else in the world. Uh, they're only found in Alabama. And, and I think that's kind of an interesting thing in general because, I mean, I, I, I'm, I probably know a lot more about how things came to be. They were like, like evolution and like how... Like, oh, by the way, earlier I, I said like over 5,000 species. That was just in regard to plants. Uh, nowhere near the amount of actual... Uh, species of organisms, so, like, not like including like insects and stuff like that. Oh so, God, no! So I, I, I have a feeling you know most about trees and fish, um, and we're kind of going to get on to a topic. Why did you? Why do you assume that? Has someone told you that I like trees and fish? Who told? Who's you? lying to you? Who told? Who's you? told you? <laughs> Who's told you? Are you a skinwalker? <laughs> Gotta shake me to find out. Um, but. Wh- we're going to touch on a subject that I know you're going to want to talk about later, but I'm going to force you to talk about it now. Um, why are you a hater on fish, and why do you think that fish aren't fish? Wait, what? You've always told me that fish aren't actually fish. 
We we are not getting off topic here. We're going <laughs> to talk about I Alabama's just, I, biodiversity. I need, I, I need them to know that you yeah, you think this. Fish are not real. That's my statement. I'm going to keep it at that in this podcast. <laughs> we can do a different podcast addressing that issue at some point. But I'm not getting sidetracked into this argument. We're going to talk about Alabama's biodiversity. Well, I guess you're going to lead up to the next topic then. Anyway, we have over 6,000 species in Alabama. That's what I was trying to say earlier. That is include all, including all organisms. So our plant life makes up a majority portion of our biodiversity, I'm guessing. I mean, plant life makes up the majority of biodiversity in every ecosystem. Without plants, there's not much. I mean, I don't... I, I mean, I know a little bit about plants. Like... I'm going to tell you all right now, I'm going to sound like a big, dumb idiot um, whenever it comes to talking about anything ecological, which is sad because I am fascinated by it, but uh, I understand more about, like, the history of things than I do about what kind of fish lives in the Black Warrior River. You should probably be more interested in that. There's a lot of cool fish. Name your favorite fish in the Black Warrior River. In the Black Warrior River, I'm a big fan of catfish. I love a bullhead catfish. I know they, I, I know they taste really good. <laughs> they are good. Probably shouldn't eat them. They got a lot of parasites. Hmm. They're, they're the, they are literally the raccoons of the the ocean. Hey, I resent the, that. That's the creek, the creek, the creek, not the ocean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the ocean. I resent. That. Uh, I love raccoons. Raccoons are cool. Uh, but no, uh, so yeah, but I like that you mentioned fish because a lot of our biodiversity does come from our aquatic ecosystems. We have the most diverse rivers. We have the most river systems in the entire United States. We have more individual river systems than the entire United States. Well, I think that's kind of fascinating to me is that I mean, like, the fact that Alabama is Alabama is kind of just all happenstance, really, you know? Like, the borders of Alabama are made up. Like, what what makes up Alabama, people made up. Um, and it, and like, it just, I, I find it interesting that it is kind of just all happenstance that this little slice of land that was kind of cut off by us from the rest of it just so happened to be so unique in its own way, you know? It, it is a very unique state uh, that people do not give credit for, and it's kind of sad, too, uh, because Alabama should honestly be the bastion of ecological diversity. Uh, so you hear the statistic all the time that species die every day, like there's a new species going extinct every day. Uh, 56%, I believe the statistic is, of all of the species that go extinct in the United States occur in the Mobile River Basin. And like, so what exactly is causing that, really? Uh, I have a few guesses, but I mean, if your guesses was aliens, you'd be wrong. Uh, that that would Get be wrong. a really wrong assumption. If it was skinwalkers, you'd be you'd be closer, but still wrong. I'd be I mean, uh, I mean, there's a lot of theories. If it was dolphins being dicks to other fish, it's wrong. But I like where you're going with it. It's people. It's people. Uh, as people are starting to expand, we have more agricultural runoff going into streams. And nitrogen and phosphorus siltation in our streams are 
absolutely devastating uh, populations. And it's not even... It's not even like the big pretty organisms that are going extinct in Alabama. It's mostly mussels, freshwater snails, and these invertebrates that most people have never seen in their life, but actually play the most crucial roles in our ecosystems. So I, I guess this is a kind of a very broad, like this is a broad question. Um, and it kind of applies to a lot of different things. But like, if it was up to you, how would you go about handling this like if you like to stop this almost i don't want to say mass extinction because i mean it's not in mass but it, no it is it we are undergoing right now the the greatest extinction event in the last uh probably hundreds of thousands of years from what i know about extinction events though some of those were pretty big if I'm no, right, the, we we are we are go we we the, at the rate we are losing species we are in what should be classified as an extinction event period but i, I guess it goes back into my question what would you do about it I, I mean the best thing you can do is bring awareness alabama so alabama's biggest problem is we do not have the conservation efforts we need uh the federal government gives funds to protect biodiverse states by pretty much what states lobby them for those those funds. Alabama, even though we have close to one-third of the United States biodiversity in just this one state, only gets 1% of the funds to conserve its ecosystems. That is in the federal budget. Just 1%. And I don't even think it's the full 1%. I think it's like 0.8%, something like that. And that is outrageous. It should be located depending on where this diversity is and if that was the case alabama should be getting a larger sum of that conservation money but we don't do it because we do not have politicians stepping up and actively fighting for our ecosystems you heard it here and, folks mail your mail just bang on your politicians doors tell them we got to save these fishing trees you go to Tom, you go to tommy tuberville's house you bring him a darter you say look at this thing save it Go to Washington, you go to Meemaw Ivy's house, you bring her You bring her a freshwater mussel and you be you look at this thing and tell me it's not cute. Put googly eyes on it if you need to it, but you get the point across. I mean, I, I think that's kind of a big problem in like and this is talking about diversity in general, is that like our planet is kind of not in the greatest health right now. Comparatively like and and it is our fault, like as a as an entire race. I mean, we've probably been one of the most harmful things to just living things <laughs> um, to ever walk this planet. Um, and like, I don't think there is a lot enough talk about like conservation efforts and protecting those kind of things. I mean, you hear like like I mean, a lot of people like I I don't know who sees these things i mean I, I but i know like anytime i'm like looking around the internet like i i feel like it's almost just a, a, an expected thing now to see like this new like new species added to the endangered list near threatened list or even extinct list like, like it's it's rampant at this point and i and, and i and i and i wish there was more i could personally do but I, I don't really know, like, unless I, like, just started sw swimming around in random rivers in Alabama just trying to... Don't, don't try to take my job. Are you saying you swim around? 
rivers and you're just like I I spend the majority of my time in rivers. Like day like day day to day how much time uh, like of a day. Let's let's break down a Trent's day. Like a how week? Much, like Yeah, let's I think it's better to do like a week. Uh how much when time I'm, do you spend in rivers? What uh, when I'm in school doing full research, uh I would probably say I'm about in rivers about 12 to 14 hours a week. That's 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 not a full-time job, but like that's a part-time job. Well, that's just in rivers. Like it's, I also go to school, so I mean, like, I can't be in rivers all the time. They they frown upon bringing our books to the river. I I have to ask this, Trent. I mean, you spend a lot of time in wilderness. I've known you for a while. Are you, are you a skidwalker? <laughs> you turn into no, no, not that I've, I'm aware of. Uh, I could check. We've probably talked about more skinwalkers, by the way, in this episode more than we did the last one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but no. Uh, the best thing you can do, and the best thing that I can tell people who ask time and time again that didn't know this about Alabama, because many people are surprised when you think of Alabama's history, you think of, and sadly, the KKK. You think of racism. You think of segregation. You think of old George Wallace. Uh. You think of just horrible things in our history that the state should be held accountable for, but that is not what I. When I talk about people, when I about this state, I have pride in it because I want people to know that Alabama is should be the bastion of conservation. I mean, like, that its people are some of the honestly, in my opinion, are some of the most naturally concerned people. I have ever met because they care about it. This is their backyard. This is the stuff they grew up learning about. They know what's here and they want to protect it, but they don't know how special it is. And, and I think I can kind of agree with that. And, and it is kind of like shocking to me. Like you really think about it, like a large population of Alabama has a fairly close relationship with nature. Um, well, it, 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 even even if you were a complete, did not give a crap about nature, but if you like hunting, this matters to you. You need lush forest. You need waterways. You need a thriving deer population. If that's what if you that's what you enjoy for your sport, you need that biodiversity because this is all interconnected. If you if you eliminated one species. Okay, maybe the whole ecosystem won't collapse. But if you eliminate another, and another, and another, just by sheer negligence, not by purposely trying to eliminate the species, but just by not caring whether it survives or not, at what point does the ecosystem collapse? And then at what point do you try to do something? And I believe we should start acting before the ecosystem collapses, not when it does. And, and I think, like, I, I'm very big that, like, most of the problems in the world are caused by ignorance. That um, That is Alabama's biggest issue right now, is that people do not know actually how diverse this state is. We have the, we are one of the most understudied states when it comes to this. And, like, I, I, and I, I feel just, like that's something we need to talk about in schools a lot. Like it's not some, and that, and I think that goes for every state and most anywhere. Like, like not just in like the United States, but anywhere. That, like, this is a subject that like I have personally never really had a lot of experience with. Like, 
how we how we stop our environmental issues today, how we stop climate change, how we stop the extinction advance is not at the federal level. It's not at the world level. Those policies are important, but how it stops is communities coming together and saying that we want to keep our backyards clean. We want to make sure that these species are protected. It is at the local level that the real change is going to occur. And I have to heavily agree with that. And I mean, like, that's for really anything that, like, you're the biggest change doesn't come from the people at the very top a lot of the time. It's. In the terms of this biodiversity, since Alabama has such endemic species, so I'm going to use the turkey darter, uh, the, not the vermilion darter that's found in Turkey Creek in Jefferson County. It's found in a very remote creek. It's only found there. If this darter species went extinct, honestly, I could not get here and tell you that an entire ecosystem would collapse if this darter went extinct. The whole state of Alabama wouldn't fall into natural disaster. But I don't, I don't think that's really the but to the, I, I agree, that's not the but, problem. But to the people that grew up on that creek, to the people that had that species in their backyard, to the people in that community, those are the people that need to be acting to protect that species. Those are the people that care the most. Those are the people it's going to affect. And that's what I mean by this. That it matters because since we have such species that are only found in limited ranges... What matters is if you live in those areas to take a stance to protect these species. I mean, Alabama, just in plants, plants alone, we have 28 endemic plant species found nowhere else in the world. Bastions of just evolutionary design to the uniqueness of their environment that if they went extinct here, they would be gone forever. It, it really just upsets me a lot, you know, to think about things like that. Because Try working in the field. <laughs> and, 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 and I mean, like, I feel like that's something that everyone should be upset about. But it's not really, like, my day-to-day conversations never involve, like the, like, the protection of these things. But I feel like it should be more of, like, a... I can just a thing that people talk about, like, like I mean, we talk about climate change in general, but like, it, it's a deeper problem than that, and it's a broader problem than that. It's not just, I mean, human interference has caused, as like I said before, has caused way too many problems. Um, the issue, I, the issue necessary with Alabama's biodiversity isn't necessarily human interference. It's human neglect. It's uh, can, it's own, the way we don't care. <laughs> no, no, it's not even that they don't care because I, I don't believe this false this pretense that because we're in the South, very conservative, very Republican, that the people don't care about the environment. I, 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 I do not believe that in the slightest. Uh, they don't know. They don't know the true beauty that's in their backyard. I mean, Alabama has one of the biggest Solon Dixon uh uh bog. The big one of the biggest pitcher plant preserves in the entire nation. Four endemic pitcher plant species that are there that are only found in Alabama. Carnivorous plants, plants that you think are in South America, are in your backyard. And people don't know about it. And most people don't care. Makes you feel better, Trent. I care. 
I don't care about you, but I do care about these plants. You live in Tennessee, so I I don't care I'm about you. I'm from Alabama, though, and I mean like you betrayed. You betrayed the state. God, this is we're getting it, we're, we're just reverting back to olden times, ain't we? Um, but no, like I mean, like I don't even think that like as someone who doesn't even live there anymore, and like these things wouldn't even like if the like these aren't in my backyard, like not anymore at least, like. I played in those areas. I played in the Black Warrior River whenever I was a kid. Um, and if, and, like, but the the rivers are the things we need to be protecting. These are the backbones of our ecosystems. Uh, we our river system. We have the most aquatic, some of the most aquatic diversity in the entire nation. We may not be winning in overall diversity, but our aquatic diversity is off the charts. And and I introduced I introduced this episode saying that Louisiana we have so many crawfish that you calls us crawl daddy you know Louisiana's known for their crawfish bulls you go down to Louisiana you get gumbo and stuff we have double the amount of crawfish they have of species sixty seven crawfish species are found in actually no ninety seven crawfish species are found in this state I I think like I think people don't. And it's something that like, kind of resonates with me that like a lot of human civilization is based around like the way we grew and like built our civilizations was based around rivers. Like, I mean, you can take like a look at like how like settlements popped up and like where we settled and stuff like that. And though rivers are kind of tied to us as a people. And I think like they they serve a big part in our history and like you could probably go back in the history books and if you were to like just look at like how we came to be like even just for Alabama like whenever it was settled and like settled like homes were being built like how like the rivers shaped that and and that is a part of the issue we see rivers as a resource not the backbones that they are we and see them as something we can continuously use for our own purposes, disregarding the detriment to the organisms that are living there. And first of all, I do not want to say that I put like the existence of one singular fish species that may be found in one creek over human the benefit of humanity. But what I'm saying is, is that we need to at least consider these things. We need to consider how when we use these resources, how many species are going extinct because of it. Because eventually we will get to that tipping point where these ecosystems cannot regulate themselves and they collapse. And then there will be nothing we can do. And there will be a time where we can say that Alabama's Amazon, which is what the Mobile River Basin is called, it's called Alabama's Amazon, was once the most biodiverse place in the nation. Currently it is, but we may have to say that it once was if we continue on the path we are now. So I guess, like, we, I mean, we've been, we've talked, I mean, we can also kind of probably even move to a lighter note now. Like, I mean. Yeah, let's move to a lighter note. Yeah. Let's just talk about, like, <laughs> cool things in Alabama. Yeah, so we uh, told you what, you what you need to do. Like, and, like, what really, like, I mean, like, how, like, I mean, a lot of negative things, but, like, I, I think a big thing to kind of put at home is that, like, you could probably touch on, like, what, like, just sell it. Sell it to me. Like, like 
what exactly is so beautiful and amazing about these ecosystems and like our ecological diversity in general? You, there are places in Alabama you can go and find prehistoric trees. Prehistoric trees that are found nowhere else. Uh, so there's a relic population in Bankhead National Forest. You can go on a hike there. And in the ravines, you can find uh, hemlocks. Eastern hemlock trees. These are remnants from when the glaciers of the Ice Age were down this far on the continent, North American continent. They are found nowhere else because the ecos- the environment does not suit them in these warmer, moist environments. But in these ravines where they stay cold, you can go there and you can get a glimpse of what the habitats in this area was during the Ice Age. You can see the world through the eyes of Sid the Sloth in those movies. <laughs> are you saying Sid the Sloth is an Alabama native? I'm saying I'm not. I'm not saying. <laughs> Just sit this lock on you. I'm not saying that Scrap the Squirrel was from Alabama or Sid the Squirrel was from Alabama, but oaks produce acorns, and Alabama have more oak trees than any other state. Point proven. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Sid the sloth. Scratch the uh, whatever the world he is. Scrap the squ- scrap the squirrel hashtag roll tide. Hashtag <laughs> roll tide. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um. So listen here, folks. You heard it here. You've got to protect the history of this place, the history of the things that Sid the sloth and Scrap the squirrel. Scrap. Scrap. Wait, hashtag. wasn't that what the Ice Age movies were? A documentary. On how to protect Alabama's biodiversity. I I, I think that's what we're kind of learning here today. And what uh, you kind of enlightened me. Those were documentaries. (laughs) Those were documentaries. And I mean, we're not going to go into the fact that not a lot of this makes sense because I don't, the timelines don't, I don't think exactly match up. But hey, who knows? Who knows? The scientists could have gotten it wrong. This. (laughs) No. Okay. But you heard it here, folks. Ice Age, the movies, all of them are minor history lessons and just kind of stories in general about how we need to protect the biological diversity of Alabama. I mean, like scrap or scrap uh, the uh, the squirrel. I mean, he was. I, I mean, he was doing hard work. He he was planting. He he was doing his job to protect. Uh, Sure, he was looking for acorns, but he also buried those acorns, preserving them. It's making not, sure it's they not about it's it's not about the nut. It's about the journey. It's not about the nut. It's about the, that's going in the quotes. <laughs> but any but but that's just one example. Another example, a beautiful place to visit the Cahaba River. Uh, they we have. So there's populations throughout the South, but we have the largest population of the Cahaba River lily. Beautiful flower that blooms from, uh, what comes first? Is it Mother's Day before Father's Day? Come on, co-host, I I need your opinion. Hey, Siri. (laughs) What comes first, Mother's Day or Father's Day? What the heck? 
I'm gonna say Mother's Day was first. We're gonna. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking so. Well, anyway, they bloom from Mother's Day to Father's Day is the old adage. Absolute beautiful lily, found very few places in the Cahaba River, which is one of the most pristine rivers and one of the most biodiverse rivers when it comes to fishes in the, the state. Uh, and it's unique in its pollination habits. You can see these beautiful flowers in bloom, but you could also know that with this flower, it is only uh, pollinated by a specific species of moth, the plebeian sphinx moth. Uh, and that is an interesting thing, in my opinion, of symbiosis that you can learn about. And if you just like flowers, it's just a beautiful flower. Uh, in my opinion. But if that doesn't tickle your fancy, uh, go to the Bibb County Glades. The Bibb County Glades has the most... Ha- seven new species of plants were found in the Bibb County Glades in this century. That was unheard of in botany. We thought we had found almost every species we could know. But we found seven new plants right here because... They have this special type of almost all plants, but these plants evolved to live in those harsh environments and are now you can go there and you can point at that and see them all over the place and say, hey, that's found nowhere else in the world. That's found here. That is a unique species that you are witnessing. My favorite of which is Spigelia alabamensis. I, I think one of the things, like, I guess kind of to paint a picture, like, if you again, if you've never been to, somehow you're listening to this, you've never been to Alabama, um, like, I, I, you can kind of paint a picture here, like, it, it, it genuinely is just one of the most beautiful states. Like, my childhood, I have so many wonderful memories of just walking around in nature, Hey, you went to Tennessee, so you kind of threw your childhood under the bus. <laughs> That's fair. He deserves to be under there. Um, hashtag, un- hashtag unroll his tide. <laughs> unroll his tide. But, like, I, 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 memories of, like, during, like, the spring and summer, just walking around with my friends and the smell of honeysuckle and hearing the songbirds sing. Or it like a, a, like a, just a quiet summer night that is punctuated by the sound of there's a place in there where I live called frog acres. And if you're near it in night, you'll know why it's called, called frog acres as you hear probably what lots, has to be you hear a lot of thousands of frogs of salamanders. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Frogs. Got it. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> um, just echoing out through the night and, or like catching fireflies on a late night, like these are things. Like it's it, this is one of the few places that like you can like the air. Like people always say, like the air smells sweet. Like genuinely, you can on a nice like some like a nice day in Alabama, you can take a walk and you're just surrounded by all these different beautiful like different like types of plant and like animal that you, like like I day to day like whenever I was growing up. You, you just would see natural species constantly. Um, you can be dry. It was just an expected thing. You're driving down the road. You're going to see like a herd of deer passing by. Um, fox well, playing think- in the night. Like the lone opossum just being a freak in the night. Raccoons digging in the garbage. It's beautiful. I'm, I'm real. 
I'm real glad you didn't mention the O in possum this time. I did say opossum. I think I th- I, no. I'm going to take it as you're learning. Uh, I'm pretty sure that our opossums. It's opossums here. We're not opossums getting into this. Marsupial. No. Okay. I need you to learn this, Trent. Opossums or opossums and possums are two separate species. They're two different things. So anyway, Alabama has 57% of the turtle species found in all of North America. Tell me about turtles, Trent. <laughs> 57, we have 57% of the turtle species. We have 27 kinds of freshwater turtles. Okay, mister, I don't want to learn about opossums. Um, no, I don't. No, I told you fish and trees. I think it's fish. You could even go further. I don't. The plural, I think I don't, the plural is fish. I, I don't want to make it. Like I don't. Like I don't want to be an possessive? idiot. You want to make it possessive? That's the I, that's the the feces pond. I don't want to be an idiot in this podcast anymore. <laughs> it's too bad. It's you're you're in the picture. It's a perfect likeness of you. I'm the taller one, by the way. Uh, but yeah, we have fifty seven percent of the turtle uh, populations, and I think people take that for, for granted that you know you can go out and you see turtles crossing the road. You can see them in the rivers. People in other states don't have these experiences. Yeah, I agree. This is unique to Alabama. Uh, and you can go to some places and see the... G- I, I know people don't like get hard for rocks. <laughs> Pun. Uh, but you can go to certain canyons in Alabama and see the different geological layers from sandstone to limestone to more sandstone to shale. And what this shows is the different prehistoric regions that has built Alabama's different geology. There are places down near Livingston, the University of West Alabama, where you can literally see chalk outcrops on the side of the road peeking out of the grass, and you can go look and find aquatic fossils on the side of the road. So we've been diverse since... Species have been on this planet. The matter is, can we keep it now? And to go back into the heavier subject, again, I think it is, it's, it's a discussion about education. And like, I, 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 I would love like if something like, it, like we had classes about this, like an entire class. And like, this is for not just Alabama again, um, about, like ecological conservation and like the history of our ecology and just the diversity of where you live and like this like the steps people need to take to handle things because i don't think this is something that just people like who are studying it need to know it's something that like at least on some level if you're a person and you live somewhere so pretty much everybody um uh but you need to know these things, at least on some level, and like have knowledge about these things and why they're important. Or you could just be completely ignorant and just yeah, let me rant. Rant to the internet. Uh, you would make me very sad. You'd make me cry. If you took this uh, this plea, and this is why I was excited about this podcast, because I could have just... Now, I have told y'all about a lot of Alabama's biodiversity, but... This is a plea to just care a little bit. Just care a little bit. 
care about our home, care about the species that are here. Just care. I don't think that's too hard to ask. I mean, it's pretty hard for me to ask. I don't care about a lot of things. Well, I'm asking you to care about this for the possum's sake. For the possum. And I don't think we have possums here. Alabama has possums. We have opossums. Anyway, we have 22% of the crawfish species in the God world. I'm going to keep changing the subject because I don't want to talk about that. It's <laughs> uh, important they live here. You should know this. No, I don't. Fish and trees, Hitchcock. Fish and trees. <laughs> Are crawfish even They're not fish. No, they're not, but they're in the water. They're in the water. They live there. They live there. I like mussels, too. Mussels are cool. We have we're I number have one in we're number one in muscle diversity, and in fact, we're also number one in muscle extinction, though. So it kind of comes hand in hand, you know. We're really good at making them, but we're also really good at. Well, Alabama's them. really good at having these species. We're also really good at letting them kick the bucket. You know, it balances out in the end. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, so do nothing. It'll it'll sort itself out. But at. Before we wrap this up, I want to read a quote that I think is important. That I want to leave people here before we spin the wheel. Uh, this is by Scott Duncan. He wrote one of my favorite books called Southern Wonders, Alabama's Surprising Biodiversity. Give it a read. It's fantastic. It'll go into a lot more detail of why we're, it is such a, uh, a biodiverse state. But this is what he said on why we should care. Seen or unseen, Alabama's thousands of native species play important roles in the ecosystems, sustaining the state's economy and culture. Impaired ecosystems offer us little, and when they collapse, there is a loss of livelihood, property, and sometimes life. Consider flooding in overdeveloped watersheds or the trauma in coastal communities with fisher when fisheries collapse. When we lose biodiversity, we lose opportunity and ecological security. Ultimately, biodiversity protection is people protection so if you do not care about a little endemic species care at least about what would happen to your home because like i said you never know when that one card you pull out of the uh, the the house of cards you've built will collapse the whole thing and we are at the point that any card pulled could collapse the whole thing Are opossums and possums two different Why did you have to ruin the sad moment? I was trying to be like real majestic. <laughs> what is the difference? Possum versus opossum. I don't know. I'm not a mammologist. I'm at best an ichthyologist or a dendrologist or a botanist. they have similar names, possums and opossums are distinct animals. I don't know. There's a... People easily confuse possums and opossums. Hmm. I don't know. There's a type of shrubby bush called a possum holly. Well, they're wrong. And it's spelt with an O, so... Possums are native to Australia, New Zealand, and China, while opossums live in America and southern Canada. That was me dropping the like, mic. Why are you like this? Gotta know. You, you, look, you want to talk about biological like or biological diversity, you gotta talk about our opossums. Opossums are cute. I saw a video once of opossums eating a bunch of bananas. It's real cute. We're not, we're not that biodiverse when it comes to mammals. 
really like opossums, man. Why do you gotta why do you gotta take this from me? Well, people should uh, you know not care about possums. I'm not a it's possum not, hater. I'm not I'm not anti possum. I like how, you, I like how you're you, you you like I mean we're not even talking about the same animal right now. You're talking about possums. They live in Australia, idiot. Yes, and you live in Tennessee. I don't think you're qualified to be in this podcast about Alabama's biodiversity. Unroll un, unroll your tide. <laughs> unroll your t- Take away his roll tide cart. He can't say roll tide no more. It's time to spin the wheel. Please what is going to be this please, time? Please be, please be Soto World War Two. Please be Soto World War Two. Please be Soto World War Two. Anticipation is killing me. Well, next time, folks, we're going to be getting... We went from skinwalkers... Alabama's biodiversity, and next time we're going to be talking about Elon Musk. Elon Musk? I forgot we put that one on there. So, you know, a lot of variety of topics. You I'm don't like, know what you ever... I'm, I'm you never know what out, you're going to get. I'm going to point out, this doesn't carry over audio. The, it, it's not Elon Musk. It's Elon Musk question mark. It's well, This actually fits. You know, he was named person of the year. Uh, the other day, we could talk about. We like, somehow have been why. very topical. Someone told me, like one of the people reviewers was talking to me. They said uh, that, yeah, you you really hit that. That like there was a big like surge in social media about uh, skinwalkers. It was like really topical for y'all to talk about. That. I was like, what? I had nothing huh. to do with that one. <laughs> I did. Now there's going to be a surge in Alabama's virtue. But anyway, we'll talk about Elon Musk next time. Uh, just care a little bit. Care about your backyard. This has been uh, Trent and Jacob on the Two Idiots talk about opossums and possums are two different things. Look it up, people. Trent's wrong. You gotta care. If you want to look into something more interesting, you know, look at fish, trees. Make Scrat the squirrel real happy. Next time we're talking about Elon Musk. Come back next time.